Welcome to Sunlight Connections, a homeschool podcast. This is season two, episode 15. I'm Stephanie Rose, Sunlight's community manager, and on today's podcast, Judy, Sandy, and Christy join me to talk about how to get started homeschooling with Sunlight. You have decided to homeschool. You've spent hours staring at a computer screen researching different homeschool curriculum. You finally decided that literature-based learning sounds like a good fit for your family and decided to take a closer look at Sunlight Curriculum. In this podcast, we tackle the questions that come along with learning with Sunlight. What exactly is literature-based learning? Do you lose your voice reading all those books? How do you store all the books? How are my children going to fare academically if all we do is read books all day? These and many other questions are probably rolling around in your brain as you consider pushing the purchase button at sunlight.com. Listen in as these veteran homeschool moms talk about their own experiences with homeschooling with Sunlight Curriculum. Join me as we turn the page on this topic. Hello, everyone, and welcome to A Beginner's Guide of Homeschooling with Sunlight. I'm so happy to be joined today with Ju- by Judy, Christy, and Sandy. I'm going to let them introduce themselves, but today we're going to be talking about all about how you would start homeschooling with sunlight. We know that some of you are veteran homeschoolers. Some of you are new because your children are in kindergarten. And some of you are here because life sort of led you this way. So we're happy to have you. We're going to dive right in. But first, let's start with introductions. Judy, why don't you give us a start? Thanks, Steph. So I am a homeschooling mom of three now grown um, children who did sunlight curriculum all the way from kindergarten through high school. Um, And now I have grandchildren who are getting to the age of being ready to maybe homeschool. Um, I enjoyed thoroughly our experience as a family with Sunlight, and so much so that I'm privileged to also be part of the Sunlight team and have been working for Sunlight for um, a little over 20 years now. And so if you ever get a chance to visit a convention, which hopefully we're going to be able to do again next year, um, maybe I'll see you at one of those events. That's true. All of these ladies joining me today, you will see it. You can see at conventions. They um, are our convention crew. So, um, Christy, why don't you introduce? Okay. So, I'm Christy, and this is my 12th year of homeschooling with our four boys, and my oldest is a senior this year. I cannot believe that. Um, The time has passed so quickly. He um, started with sunlight in first grade. Before I had my own children, I started practicing with someone else's children overseas. And so I was actually encountered um, sunlight for the first time and, um, you know, overseas teaching other people's children. (laughs) And then um, after I was married, um, uh, we looked at all of the curriculum options and were overwhelmed. And that's one of the main reasons I love talking to sunlighters is because, and future sunlighters, um, is because um, I remember that overwhelmed feeling and I like to help. I took a year and researched everything to death. And um, so anyway, I like to encourage people um, and just um, 
again, four children. Um, we're doing middle school and um, high school this year. So, very good, uh, Sandy. <laughs> um, I have four grown daughters now, but we homeschooled all the way through. I used a variety of different curricula for the first seven years. And then once we found sunlight for the next 20 years, we used sunlight exclusively. Um, I now, I don't do conferences as much anymore. I kind of do contract behind the scenes uh, with Judy mostly, but um, I did You're the planning 20 them. years. Do what? You're planning them. I'm planning, yes, yes. I make sure they get to their conferences. Yes, yes. Um, so yeah. it has been a, a wonderful journey for us, and we still talk about all the books. Well, thank you. I'm Stephanie Rose. I'm the community manager at Sunlight. Let's jump in. So the first question we get a lot is, what is literature-based learning? And so let's talk a little bit about what that looks like, what it is, and how Sunlight sort of fits in that category. Because I started with other curriculum, we had textbooks. And much of the literature was done in excerpts, just a little chapter here and there. Um, what I loved was literature-based is the whole book. And as a result, you're doing historical fiction, you're doing fiction, I mean, uh, historical fiction, you're doing nonfiction, you're doing biographies, you are getting a very large picture of what's going on in a time period rather than a little blurb. Um, the books are carefully chosen, they're integrated for the time period, whereas many times when you're doing the textbook, it's an excerpt from this book and one from that book and they're not related and it doesn't, they're teaching their concept maybe, I'm not sure anymore, um, but it's not giving me information. And so um, I loved the change and that's why I changed for the first seven years all the time. And once I hit sunlight for 20 years, we never looked over the fence. And I think you make a really good point, Sandy, when you say um, you get to read the whole book and the value of literature-based learning is that you're learning that information in context. Mm -hmm. So I'm not just memorizing dates and names and events and locations, but I'm actually reading an entire book that's, that's taking the information that I want my kids to learn and putting it in context in story form, and kids actually retain that information a whole lot longer. Mm -hmm. I read an article, oh, oh I'm sorry, Christy, I'll, go ahead. Okay, um, I was just gonna say that we know from the New Testament that Jesus taught the ones he was with, um, the ones that were close to him through meaningful, very meaningful and memorable stories. And so it's just a good teaching tool, you know, generations later, people knew these stories um, because they were shared in a story form. So, you know, whether we're learning about verbs or whether we're learning about microbes, um, when you have a story attached to it, it gives it this meaningful background. Um, so we can tell how people's lives were affected. And um, instead of just having some historical event, you care about this character. So um, if you're talking about the potato famine and then it moves on this long journey and then they're starting over in this new place, you have the backdrop. And so it just makes it really meaningful. It's not just some boring thing you're learning in a textbook. And there's also this emotional connection. So um, as you pull for these characters together, 
um, and you become absorbed in their stories, you care more and then you want to learn more. And it's a huge motivation to pay more attention. Um, people will say, I find history boring. But when you hear a story of someone, you get absorbed in that. And it's not just some boring dull history. It's a collection of all of these stories that matter and that mattered to people. And um, so, and also it's easier to remember because there's a hook there. So when you start with, um, whether you start with the read aloud or the history, either way, you've heard about it. And my boys have even at times when we encounter um, something in the history that they've already heard about in the, in the um, read aloud, they'll say, oh, this actually happened? And they have an enthusiasm about it because they've never heard this part of history and they don't know. So if they encountered it in the read aloud first, then they just think it's something that an author made up. <laughs> but, um, and so anyway, it, it just, gives you a hook to go back to and then in future years when you return to that um, you have more and you can just build on that knowledge without memorizing a list of dates you don't need to you brought up a good point too about the stories um, i read an article that said that when you read facts it goes in one side of your brain and you're just decoding what you're reading but when you read a story, it uses more of your brain. So when you're doing the emotion, because you are engaging with the experience that you're reading about. So when you right. are talking about food, pizza, you know what that experience is and it, and it lights up another part of your brain. The same with the emotional part that Christy talked about, the same with the motor part, you know, if you're gonna hit a line drive in baseball, all of those things move, um, work throughout the brain. And as a result, Again, you're going to connect more because it's more than just the decoding. And Sunlight is very good with their books as far as you have um, readers that have children their age, the ones that are reading it, children their age, so that they can connect with them. But the connections are either with uh, the characters in the book or between me as the reader with my children, or it, it, the connections are multiple areas. Very good. Um, let's talk a little, that's all, I mean, it's, it's just the natural curiosities that come from reading are, that's what sunlight is built on. That's what literature base is built on. So it's just great. Um, let's talk about a schoolroom. A lot of people don't, maybe don't have extra space in their house, or this will be the first time they're homeschooling. Let's talk a little bit about how you organize all the books because there are a lot of books and we're going to talk about that later um, and and how you would set that up. I hear people with very strong opinions about this. You have different camps as with a lot of things in homeschool. You have people that say, oh, you absolutely need this or or you don't. So um, I, I think we've had routines that have varied through the years and so um, I've been in homes with dreamy homeschool rooms that I've loved and um, that works really well um, and those are beautiful and that may happen um, and I think that can be great but it's certainly not a must-have I think because um, we can accomplish what we need to with a well-organized bookshelf um, or ten Ten bookshelves maybe <laughs> or um, a system that works well day to day 
Um, I think some important considerations that you may not think about starting out. Um, something that I needed to think about was what I can hear when I'm trying to read aloud. Um, we'll talk about later about when you're reading aloud on the couch or versus, you know, at the table. But um, if you have any instruments in your home, yeah, we have an upright piano. We have, you know, a keyboard with headphones, which are very important for homeschooling, I think, and multiple guitars. We have ukuleles and that recorder that we bought from Sunlight. And um, I don't think I've ever used the Sunlight Love to Learn guarantee, but the recorder made me strongly consider it uh, <laughs> because um, that was quite the instrument. Um, maybe my least favorite instrument we've had in the house. I don't know. <laughs> but they can be great. You can learn some great things about music with them, um, just not when you're trying to read aloud. So um, reading aloud near a table where others are doing table time and talking with each other might work well when they're young and you need to keep an eye on people, but as they get older and they're teenagers and they're trying to be funny and, and you know, interrupting 18,000 times, then you might want to find a different place. And um, so every year changes for us, it just does, but we just always at the beginning of the year think through what this year holds what our situation is, what our house layout is right now, and what, what's going to work well to get things done. <laughs> I think um, for us, when we were homeschooling, we live in a very small house, and so um, there wasn't extra space to have a schoolroom, so to speak. Um, but one thing I think you absolutely have to have is bookshelves. Um, it's, it's really tough to do a literature-based curriculum without bookshelves. So we had a standing joke in our house about how many my husband needed to build each year so that we mm -hmm. could continue to build our sunlight library. Yeah. And you know, Christy, you, you mentioned that love to learn guarantee and I, I don't wanna let that go by without saying that is one of the most very valuable things about sunlight curriculum that don't believe you'll find any other uh, curriculum on the market has. That love to learn guarantee is um, when you purchase a package from Sunlight, you have a whole year from the date of your purchase to try half of that program. So it's a 36 week scheduled program. So you get to use up through week 18. You can read the books, you can write in the workbooks, you can um, dog ear the pages, you can mark in the instructor's guide. Um, and if you get to the end of that 18 weeks and find that this is just not a good fit for our family, then you box it back up and you ship it back to Sunlight and they will give you back 100% of your purchase price, which is a huge safety net, especially for people who are just starting out and this is their first year and they have no idea what's going to work with their family. And so I think that guarantee is kind of a reassurance. I have to put another vote in for shelves. I'm very fortunate <laughs> that um, the house we're in now, I have lots of shelves, but in the first house, it was very small. So I would make sure that the shelves I used had just that year's work on it. Everything else was in tubs, labeled, put away for another child coming up. As they get older, though, you talk about where to do it. Um, my older children would end up reading their literature in their room while I was reading out loud to the younger children. Uh, and then they would switch out their book when they were done, except 
many times they loved their book so much they would not give it back. And I had to repurchase a lot of books, but I can't think of anything I'd rather spend my money on for my children than letting them start their own library. Very true, very true. So there's a lot that goes into Sunlight. As we've sort of mentioned, you have a lot of books and we at Sunlight have something called the Instructor's Guide. So it helps everyone, you know, keep it, keep everything organized and get everything done. And I was hoping we could talk a little bit about your experience with the Instructor's Guide. Well, I can give a little bit of information, first of all, about other kinds of Instructor's Guides because I started with other companies. And I did a hands-on curriculum one time. I never knew if I was going too fast or too slow. I never knew um, a real direction. I, the, they had book title selection or suggestions, but I really didn't know age-wise or what it would fit. Um, I couldn't always find them, and it just left me very feeling very scattered. But then I went to a textbook, and with that one. Um, I do know what they're what they have, but I don't know what they're learning. I'm not really learning it with them because I'm spending all my time grading their workbooks. Um, and then I realized when I have three children in school age, school age, I would be grading three different levels of every subject. So I didn't really get to have a relationship. It was just get your work done. Uh, it wasn't a lot of fun. So. When I went to Sunlight, the instructor's guide didn't quite look like that. It was just a schedule. But even that, everything was integrated by then. And then they started adding all these things. And I'll, I'll let somebody else talk about all the wonderful things they've added to it. The instructor's guide really is Sunlight. Mm -hmm. I mean, you can go to the library and get books and um, have lots of good discussion around literature. But that instructor's guide is what makes Sunlight work because it takes all of that literature and puts it all together in a schedule so you know from one day to the next exactly how many pages you need to read. There are discussion and comprehension questions. There's vocabulary built in. There are notes for mom and dad, maybe some little extra tidbits that they can choose to add into the day's um, discussion. Um, if you're looking at our science instructor's guide or our language arts, there's activity sheets. So students actually get to do something with what they've learned. Um, they can uh, do some dictation. The really nice thing is, I mean, that's, that's a big, massive bundle. I usually tell people that's like a filing cabinet. So that's your entire school year. Go to a local uh, store, a Walmart or a Target or whatever, and get yourself a, a one-inch three-ring binder and pull out one or two weeks at a time, and that becomes your working binder so that you're not hauling that monster binder around all the time. Um, and it just, it's a little more doable that way. Mm -hmm. I think the instructor's guide, along with keeping us organized and moving us forward, it is 30 years of sunlight seeing what works for families and then taking that experience and giving it to you when you're just starting out. So, you know, when I was just starting out, um, I have used before um, briefly one um, other program and I remember losing half a day one day trying to figure something out. 
And the good thing about sunlight is that every year they update these instructor's guides and they take feedback. They offer a website to you. If you find something, you know, communicate back to us. And so you can help the sunlight community. Um, and I've always enjoyed that, um, that you can be a part of this, like save some other moms some time, you know, um, this page is not correct here or there, you know, and they find that maybe it's an error on the part of the book that sunlight did not publish. And so they find that out so that you're not giving your children incorrect information and every book out there has, you know, an error here or there. And so sunlight will let you know that and give you that heads up. And um, so I've always appreciated the time saving the fact that it keeps our pacing on time, it keeps us organized. And I'm just gonna say a word about keep, kind of that, about um, organizing with the instructor's guide. Um, I start every new program with um, a shelf that's in order for the year um, for every program. So um, just left to right, I take the book list from my instructor's guide and I put it all in order on day one. So when I hear moms that are overwhelmed, on day one, you can have every book in order that you need because Sunlight gives you the information and the tools to do that. And so you can see where you're going throughout. As I move through my shelf, I can see, you know, the progress we're making and um, visually I can see what's left. And um, also I have a bin that I keep in everything for the day for each student. And when they're little and we're going to piano lessons, they can grab these and take them with us. Um, you know, now that they're older, um, if, if everybody's noisy down there, downstairs and they say, can we read in your room? And I say, sure, grab the bin and they grab it and we go upstairs and read. So um, just having something like this, it's not that overwhelming. You can fit everything you need in a bin like this for the day. And then one thing that I do with my instructor's guide, it has these neat maps that I love and you can use them like a file folder and you can have what you need for the day and just put it right inside this. And then you have, you don't have to go scrambling for the, the maps that you need. And these are nicely laminated where you can, and all everything's marked in your instructor's guide. So you know exactly where to go in which map. They're all labeled very, in a very organized way. And so it's a very, and you know, it's a cinch. This goes in my bin. And so I can do my geography lesson wherever I am and do my reading. And it's um, just not as overwhelming that way. The other thing too is if you live in a state where you are required by homeschool regulations to um, keep track of what you're doing or um, have some sort of report that you have to file regularly, that schedule is so nice because in each one of those boxes um, down in the corner when you finish the assignment, you can pencil in a date or just check off um, the assignment. And so now you have a week by week, day by day, um, demonstration or proof of the work that you've done if your state homeschool regulations require that kind of documentation. Absolutely. So that's a look into our instructor's guide. That's going to help you get everything done, make sure that you're um, following along. That is sort of the heart of sunlight, you know, when you think about the books and everything that that's putting it all together. Mm -hmm. um, so let's talk a little bit about couch and table subjects. We uh, divide, at Sunlight, we sort of divide couch and table subjects, and this allows you to um, maybe divide your day or 
Maybe it helps you guide how you're going to teach multiple children in different ages. But let's talk a little bit about what all that means. Sandy, you want to start? Um, I'll start with the couch. The couch okay. would be, and we literally sat on the couch. We did our Bible, we did our history, we did our read-alouds together. And some science, uh, we will read. Experiments will be elsewhere, but uh, we would do the reading there. Um, this is a good area for combining. And, and let me just make a real quick point. When people think, how can I combine my children? I say, do you watch the same movies as a family? If you watch the same movies and your children are all different ages, they get what they get at that point. In fact, you can even have two children the same age and they will get different items or different, different parts of a movie will affect them differently. And so it's the same with books. Everybody will get something different. In fact, when I read a book a second time, I get something different out of it. So that's why you can combine with your children. So we would do our Bible, our history, our read-alouds um, on the couch. Mm -hmm. Obviously, table subjects would be math and spelling and grammar and the things you usually sit at the table for. Mm -hmm. we right. give table, a lot of subjects are, table subjects are those skill-based subjects. Mm -hmm. So every student probably has their own level for those subjects. Sorry, Christy. Yes, I was just going to say that um, we get a lot of questions about how to divide the day between um, table time and couch time and how to fit it all in together. And um, one thing that I consider is um, when I, especially when my children were very young, I wanted to nurture my little guys early in the day. So I might spend some concentrated time with my older guys while my, we might do Bible together first and then um, I would branch off and tend to spend time with my youngest guys first and just fill up their cup. And then, um, and then sometimes there would be more leeway for me to spend time with the older guys one-on-one -on -one after that. But while, um, you know, I was working with my younger children, then the older children could um, do independent work at the table. So they might start off with anything that they could do independently. It might be handwriting or explode the code or um, maybe vocabulary, wordly wise, you know, any of those subjects. And they felt confident and felt kind of grown up that they could do, even in the early grades, I might have them do a couple of lines of um, handwriting. Not a huge, I'm not leaving them for you know, a, a, very, a really long time, but I'm just reading short stories with my younger guys. And then um, I would work with the older guys that were at the table. I might bring the younger guys and get them started and their work isn't gonna last as long, but then they could go and take a break while I do individual time, couch time with my older guys. So it, it can, you can play with the flow of how it works best for you. But um, I just really thought about dividing up my time and nurturing my little guys first and then and having time one-on-one -on -one time with them and then moving through the day and they were a lot more cooperative let's say when I'd already spent spent a good you know invested time with them very good Judy do you want to talk a little bit about how you divided your day Sure. Well, we did something very similar to what Christy did. We started the day um, with Bible uh, when our kids were eating breakfast. Uh, we just felt like that uh, laid a good foundation for the rest of the day. And 
maybe how to deal with ornery or grouchy attitudes up front instead of having to uh, deal with them later in the day. Um, and for much of the time that we were homeschooling our kids, my husband worked a uh, midnight, a graveyard shift. And so he would come home in the morning. He was our math teacher. And so in order to get math in before dad fell asleep at the table, uh, we would do that right after uh, Bible in the morning. And then we actually learned to be a very quiet household because like I said, our, our house is tiny. So uh, dad was sleeping. And so we would do a lot of our couch subjects or our table subjects in another room so that we weren't disturbing him. But I think the thing that's nice about homeschooling in general and with sunlight is you have that flexibility. Mm -hmm. um, your life is going to change um, year to year, sometimes day to day or week to week. And so you have the flexibility to either grab that bin that Christy showed you and take it with you because you have to go to the doctor's office or um, you can do stuff at home and you just never, never know, but it, it's nice to have that flexibility. And I think the other thing that's really nice with sunlight is because it's so flexible and because there is that literature-based component, those couch subjects, you don't have to buy a separate uh, program for every child. Um, and if you have a large family, that can get to be very pricey after a while. Mm -hmm. um, but like Sandy mentioned, because literature is not written to a single age or a single grade, you can actually share your history and your Bible and your read-alouds um, and have all your kids listen in together and discuss together. And not only does that save you money on your homeschool curriculum, but it does an amazing thing that you don't realize until later on, and that is it builds wonderful relationships uh, between your kids and your family as a whole. That's a very good point, Judy. A lot of our books are meant to start conversation. And when you have those conversations with your children, if you facilitate those conversations, you can guide them into um, a lot of different paths you can if they are asking questions and they're interested in something you can help facilitate and um, nurture that interest you can um, have really hard conversations and really funny conversations and um, it really does change the dynamic of your family when you're having those yes. conversations I also want to mention that I've heard people read you know their read alouds are their bedtime stories you know, they move those to the end of the day and, and that's yeah. when they do it. Or, um, you know, we go to the park and we take the book with us or we're at the doctor's office, like uh, Christy was saying, or you're in the car, you know, you have mm -hmm. your older one read to your younger one. That counts too. Yeah. Um, yeah. That is, I am, I uh, am guilty of that one. I'm always like, here is the book. Will you read that to this one? <laughs> it works. So um, that's a good yeah. thing. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It, it helps them bond as well. So yeah. there are a lot of different ways that you can do that. There are a ton of blogs out there. If you're not familiar with the Sunlight blog, it's blog.sunlight.com. There's a ton of tips out there. So you can definitely look um, and see how different people are using the books, reading aloud, um, using the curriculum, all kinds of things. So definitely use that resource. Speaking of all the books, <laughs> we have a lot. Do you really have to read them all out loud? 
and how do you fit those in without losing your voice? So let's talk a little bit about tips and tricks. I think I got a little ahead of myself there, but I will let you guys talk about your personal experience. Well, let me just say that when you start, it builds. A kindergartner is not going to have to have six chapters read to them. Um, their chapters are very short. And so usually if you have multiple children and you're doing, we don't usually recommend that you do any more than two history Bible literatures. Um, so you, you read the younger ones and they go quicker than an older one. Our read aloud stop um, about seventh, eighth grade. Um, it just depends on which year you're using. However, I read them all because I loved them. Um, in fact, it's the read-alouds that cause so much of the discussion. And the read-alouds is where they learn my heart, what I, how I work through things, and it helped me learn their heart. What were they scared of? What were they um, worried about? Or what were they thinking at all? And so um, we read them all. But I also read all of the history spine. Now, this is just me. I read the main history spine that went through the whole year. But as they got older, I would have them read their own supplemental history books that go with it. It might be a biography that was put in um, related to what we're learning. Uh, but sometimes there are books that you don't like. They don't fit your family. And it's okay to pull it out. So... You have permission. <laughs> a lot of people need to hear that, Sandy. Yes. yes. I hear people being concerned about losing your voice, but like Sandy said, you're building up through time. And with my youngest, when we started, um, I remember one of the first books in first grade. Um, I can only remember one book that I felt like I might lose my voice. And it was a book that had these long run on sentences. It was a little girl talking and she was very excited and it was stream of consciousness almost. So like a little girl would speak and it, it was hard to find a place to breathe in the sentence because they were so long. <laughs> and thankfully Sunlight made that a reader the year after I finished it. But, <laughs> um, but you can do that yourself. You have the, you know, it's very flexible. You can make a read aloud a reader or you can make a reader a read aloud you have the ability to move that around however you need to um, there have been times that I will start a book with my children and get them engaged where they are can't wait for the next chapter and then I've handed it over to them and let them finish it that that's been something I've done before you know here or there but I do enjoy the, the, the read aloud time. And um, I know a lot of people now, um, I hear a lot about recordings of books. Um, and um, for example, Story of the World, my boys have that book that they can look at and read, but we also ordered from Sunlight the recordings where you can listen, they have a player in their room and they can put that on and listen to it and read those. And that created a little time for me. That's in um, GHW frame of time in, um, in the levels. Um, and that just gave me time for my younger, you know, and, and my high schooler. And so my little guys use that recording. We haven't used a lot of those recordings because I enjoy talking with them so much about the books that we're reading and having that discussion time. So I enjoy it. And, and it has never been a problem with losing my voice because I've built up to it over time. And I think I'm also better at reading aloud than when we first started. 
because I've had all of these years of reading to my children. I feel like um, my oldest child, you know, I mean, it was great, but my youngest child gets a better um, version of each book because I've read it all these years. And um, I think I'm, I think I'm better at it now. So <laughs> over time, I think we grow as well. And this is one of the ways. So it's a growing experience for mom too. <laughs> yeah. well, mom yeah. doesn't have to be the only one that reads either. <laughs> right. That's true. Yeah. I have had older children read to my younger children. Um, or I've also broken it up reading in the morning and then finishing at night because sometimes you're in the middle of a of a chapter and you're thinking, I cannot read another sentence. I'm exhausted. You know, it's time, you know, you or you're losing their attention, you know, from time to time that happens. I don't know if that happens to anyone else, but it happens to me that everybody's not with me and I realize it and I've tried all the things to get them with me and it's not working. So then I might move to, okay, we're going to take a break. We're going to have a snack and then we'll come back and do this later or even at the end of the day at bedtime very flexible. Yeah. <laughs> Judy, do you have anything to add there? No, I, I think it's just all very good ideas. I think yeah. we have to realize that um, we're not the only ones that have to read. Dad um, used to read bedtime stories at our house. And, and so, yeah, and it's, it's a marvelous experience for older siblings to read to younger kids. It really is. We have one Sunlighter who, um, she has a YouTube page. Anyway, I was watching her video and she said, I secretly, she has 10 children, 11 children. She said, I started recording my own voice for my own children because I still want to be the person that reads to them, but there's a lot of them. So she started reading the older ones. So as the younger ones continue to grow, I thought, genius, genius. Yes. So anyway. <laughs> Um, I want you each to share one or two of your favorite sunlight memories. Let's end on that note. Sandy, why don't you start? Uh, this is not a memory. This is just one thing I need to bring up. I learned so much each year. I mean, I would pat myself on the back that, wow, I just learned about whatever. Where was my education prior to this? So that has been the blessing with this. Um, my favorite memories are related to individual books. I told you we used something different the first seven years. So when my seventh grader started with Sunlight, she prior to this was reading books out of the church library, little thin little books. Um, and she had to read Anne of Green Gables. Oh my goodness, it was so hard for her. The sentence structure is complex and it's a long book and she complained and complained and I just had to keep encouraging her to read through it. And she eventually finished it, maybe a little longer than the time that was scheduled. Then the next book, we had a little bit of that, but not as much. And by the end of the third book, she came to me and she said, I can never go back to those books again in the library. Why not? She said, I now know, and this is, this is quoting her. I now know what good literature is. She said, it's, it's characters and and there's development of those characters and there's plots and subplots. Whereas in those little books, it was the same character throughout the whole book in every scene. But she said there was so much going on and that made a huge difference to her. Mm -hmm. um, and in fact, when she went to college, she said, again, she was a, she was a slower reader. She would 
say things like there are too many books and but when she got to college she said thank you for using sunlight i said why she said because now i know what you mean about being well-rounded i've either read the book or the subject matter i can talk to my professors and my peers have no clue so and let me tell you one more little quick one i have another daughter who um she loved books greatly and she was reading red badge of courage and she really disliked that book a lot um, she would tell me constantly i don't like this book i don't and at the end of the book she said can i have this in hardbound that meant she wanted her own copy for the library and i said why you didn't even like the book she said i loved the writing style and i thought wow if you can tell that difference my girls read all the time. They carry books with them all the time. And I have four, four daughters. Uh, they carry books all the time, all genre. Thank you, Sunlight. <laughs> Very good. Christy? I'm going to tell you about one from early years and then later years. So um, my favorite story in the early years is when my youngest was about three years old. And I was just loving life homeschooling because we had previously not, um, we had, um, you know, done some other options before we started homeschooling. And so I was getting to see the value of having a preschooler who wasn't, you know, being rushed through using the bathroom so that we could get in the car and go and do what we needed to do. And so I was finding myself standing outside the door while he's swinging his feet on the toilet and singing, you know, and I'm tearing up in the hallway, just so thankful that Sawyer can, you know, live life this way. And, um, and so we're giving a gift to our three-year-olds when we're doing this whole world that we've changed and this whole new thing that we're doing. And so anyway, he's at the table. We've already started our day. He's eased into his day and his hair's all messed up at the table. And we're reading that book I was talking about earlier uh, that has the long, long sentences and everybody's into it. Everybody's engaged. And um, I didn't know Sawyer was even listening really. And um, I'm reading this story where in the storyline, a dog is missing. And so we're reading this story and um, it's just, and there's, uh, it's building up and building up and Sawyer jumps up in his chair and he says, I found a dog, I found a dog. And he's like the hero here because he sees the dog on the, you know, he was so young that he thought he found the dog because it was on the cover of the book. And he was so excited, but the, the cool part about that is that he was three years old, but he was engaged enough to know the storyline and he was listening where he was listening. I wasn't trying to find Legos for him to play with and, and pull him in or, you know, you don't, you can do that, but you can also just know and relax and know that they're going to lean in and start listening. Everybody in the house starts doing that. Even my husband starts doing that when he's at home. He's like, oh, don't read that book until I'm here, you know? So um, anyway, I love that story. Just to it, I think it just shows how um, for our family, we all remember that memory except for Sawyer and he laughs about it. And when he eventually read that book, when he was old enough to, he brought it to me and said, this is the best book in the world. He loved it. And he didn't remember it obviously, but he was getting attention span you know his attention span was growing through that and there were so many so many gifts that we're giving our children when we're reading aloud in the home and then the other is um recently i shared this on um our one of our sunlight groups online um 
about my oldest son, Caleb. He was uh, registering for a dual enrollment class. And in the registration, he had, um, he was doing his security questions and he wanted me to look over it and, and just review a few things before he submitted, um, you know, his login information. He wanted me to check, a, check something that he'd written on something. And he said, hey, did you notice um, the security question? And I said, no. And he said, go back and look. And so I looked and, it, and there was a drop down menu of all the security questions. We all know what that's like to choose those. And it said favorite teacher. And it had my last, uh, the, their last name and it had our last name. And I was, and I was like, uh, and he said, um, and he, he put his arm around me, my big 17 year old put his arm around me. And he said, you know, you've taught me more than, um, than just lessons. You've taught me more than, I can't remember exact wording, but, um, he said, you've taught me so much more than, than anyone. And it was um, a huge moment in my life, obviously a favorite memory, just the bond that through all of these years, he recognizes and um, just wanted to communicate that to me on a random Tuesday or whatever. <laughs> so, oh, huge. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Judy? I think um, a couple things that I recall, um, even all the year, years later, one time someone said to me, why would you choose to homeschool? Why would you not just put the kids on the bus and give yourself some freedom during the day? And I said, you know, this may sound funny, but the most important thing to me at that time was, I want to be the one that teaches my children how to read. Um, I want to be the one that's there for that. <gasps> moment when they realize when they're reading um, those little phonetic readers that sunlight provides that all of a sudden they're doing it on their own and they don't have to stop and ask for help and one of my kids was a struggling reader and that child really didn't learn to read independently until they were seven or eight years old and all of those years of struggle had I not been able to be there the day that that child picked up a book and looked at me and said, I can read this, um, I just can't imagine uh, setting that aside um, or giving that privilege to someone else. And I think the other one was very similar to uh, what Christy shared. Um, I was reading with my two older uh, girls sitting on the couch and we were reading something from Greek history you know those Greek guys had those names that were like 17 syllables long and really hard to pronounce. And we were reading a story about this Greek messenger who had run miles and miles and miles to bring a message to uh, somebody important. Um, so we finished uh, reading that book. And of course, my youngest was sitting over in the corner playing Legos, making truck sounds and all the sounds that little boys make and um, not paying attention at all, or so I thought. And at that time, um, we tried to make it a point to have dinner all together. And so that night at dinner, uh, Daddy looked around and said to the kids, so what did you learn today? And my then three or four-year-old popped up and said, I learned about this really cool guy, and his name was, and he rattled off this multiple-syllable name, and, and he was Greek, and he ran and took the message to the really important guy. And I sat there with my mouth hanging open because he wasn't listening, he was playing. And yet I think literature-based learning gives you that privilege of kids absorbing and remembering and hanging on to those things, um, even when they weren't the ones that were the focus of the lesson. Absolutely. 
Well, I thank you guys so much for sharing. This has been a beginner's guide to homeschooling with sunlight. Thank you, Sandy, Christy, and Judy.